Hello everyone, welcome back to Let's Take a Moment. I am out at one of my favourite spots. I am parked up in Wellington, near Crook in County Durham, really lovely place. It's just after 9am and I've been here for around an hour. Very reflective mood today, very creative. Um, and I popped out, I was up early, up at the Larks. I wasn't actually feeling very well, uh, but I feel fine now. Um, it's weird how sometimes you wake up and think, Ugh. I even took the COVID test because I was feeling a bit under the weather. And thankfully I feel, I feel a lot better now. Uh, it does happen sometimes, um, the body's a weird thing, but thankfully all is well. And what I want to chat about today is an idea that I've had um, about future direction. And anyone who's listened to, to these podcasts over the past year knows that this is like a really enjoyable endeavour for me. I really love to record audio. I love to reflect on, you know, the soft issues productivity well-being you know these are this is a really sort of fun area for me it doesn't really feel like work either it, it sort of just feels like interesting and and nice and linked to people because again I've had a lot of experience of working alone as a home worker as a remote worker dealing with clients and politics and it just feels like you want to get a bit closer to people feel like what makes them tick you know connect with people and I've never liked narrow focuses of, of businesses. I remember when I worked in property lettings many years ago, really enjoyable job. I enjoyed working for the company I worked for, but like just thinking all day, every day about property, landlords, letting, rent, arrears, gas certificates, like all that sort of thing was, there was a lot more to life. And I think with um, approaching like that's kind of well-being thing holistically, it's it's quite a fun, stimulating place. And I think that's where as I'm into my forties now, I'm starting to think more about how we how we experience life and how we make sure that we enjoy it, because that's the the key part that you know that we all should be enjoying our life as best we can. So, I'm going to take a breath there, actually, and take a short break, um, and I want you to think about if you're an employer or you're an employee, why you might need coaching, and we're going to get into that after this very short break. <laughs> We're going to look at employers first and then we're going to take a look at employees after another very short break after we've had this short discussion on, on employers. So if you're an employer, that means you are running a business. There are things that you have to do to get the most out of your employees. And I'm going to make no apology here for making a few generalizations. They're always scary things to do anytime you generalize about people and trends and personalities. You know, the contradiction to that immediately is that everybody is different and there are nuances. But for me, there are some overarching principles on how you have to approach things as an employer, as someone who is running a team. Um, and I'm going to presume that it's your business rather than just a, a team leader. But it's relevant to team leaders as well. But just for simplicity, we're going to treat you as the business owner. When you're running a business, an employee is only worth having if you're getting more out of that employee than what it's costing you to have them there. So there's a net gain for the business. And the reason that they're there is because you are paying them for a, a task that you either don't want to do or don't have time to do yourself. And on that basis, you want to get as much out of that employee as possible to get the most value 
for money for what you're paying them in salary. Now, inherently in that, you encounter things like there's a temptation or there's a there's a danger that you overpush, and that's of course happened on millions of occasions, and that's why you get things like trade unions exist because everything that you do in terms of requirements, job descriptions, are underpinned by by law. So ultimately, you've got to be protect yourself against legal reprisal in terms of if you treat an employer badly, employee badly, sorry, or or things like that. And there's a million different things that can happen. Um, you've got, you know, harassment, constructive dismissal, sexual harassment, all these different, you know, pitfalls that you can come across. And for the purpose of this discussion, I'm going to presume that you have good intentions and that you're trying to do the best you can. But there's things and there's tools and there's techniques that you have to be aware of and there's pitfalls where there's a balance to be found between <clears throat> getting the most out of your employees and actually making sure that you keep them around. Because the danger for you, for someone who is investing time and money, time is money, um, and often training money that actually costs to, has a cost to attach to it itself, is that you're training a, a person and you can't you know, download and keep the training to upload to the next employee. That's something that employees keep for themselves. And in terms of personal development, that's why, you know, if you work for somebody, you should access, and it's something I'll come on to, training that's on offer, because that's a that's something that you get to keep. That knowledge is yours forever, even if it's utilised by the business while you're there. Um, and as an employer, therefore, you want your employees to stay. And there are plenty of problems with that in that, Generally, people want to progress. Um, and as much as certain members of the left wing of politics would say that it's not about earning more, we know that if a, a job comes up where people can earn a, a touch more money, they're tempted to move on because ultimately money does, uh, whilst it's not everything, there's an old saying that says it certainly takes the shine off being poor. Um, and also, you know, what we all hope for, I think, and there's different motivations, but for me, money's always been... If somebody gave me, you know, I don't know, just pluck a, fig a figure out of thin air, say five million quid, that would just mean that I didn't have to worry about it anymore and I could focus on other things and there wouldn't be that necessity, which often gets in the way, I think, of, of real choice and real freedom. You know, what is freedom? Well, it's, it's the power to choose. Um, and money would allow me to, to exercise that power to choose on a, on a wider variety of things in, in my life. So... Um, <clears throat> part of the thing that an employer has actually as, 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 as well is a power of, of actually providing that money so people can be less inclined to challenge and again this is why you know trade unions exist to sort of collective bargaining in terms of, of representing employees' interests employees interest when they can't necessarily do it themselves in some circumstances um, there's always that danger in you know, and it's something I've come across as a as an employee, where you you're not sure how far to push if you're really upset with something because ultimately you need that job, or you may not need the job, but you certainly don't want the hassle of having to go and find another one in a competitive environment. So, <clears throat> those are some of the kind of overarching things that you've got to think about. But for an employer, ultimately, you want to keep your employees there, you want to keep them happy, you want to keep them motivated to be as productive as they possibly can be um, because again as an employer the danger is that one of the key differences between someone who starts a business someone who works for a business is 
there's, I think there is a mindset as an employee, and I've certainly had this myself, where you feel like you know there's money, you know there's, you know you're going to get paid, rather than having to go and <clears throat> find business. And like you know, if I said, well, I've got to sell, you know, a hundred bottles of Diet Coke on the street, um, before I make any money. You're going from person to person saying, can I interest you in a drink? Whereas if you work for somebody, you'll say, well, I'm going to get paid. So you haven't got that kind of urgency necessarily. As an employer, you want to instill that urgency into your team. So I've had conversations, probably every business I've worked for, there's been a conversation at some point about a reminder to staff that we're all in this together. You know, whilst it may not be your concern if we don't get new business in, if we don't find new customers, if we don't treat our current customers well, if we don't provide a good service, that's the money, that's the, the lifeblood of the business and your job would go if that stopped and there's not a, there shouldn't be any any complacency around, <clears throat> um, around a point of view that says that you're going to get money no matter what. You only get money as long as there's someone there. So, um, as long as the business is there, should I say? So, so that's the that's the the problem that an employer has is an employee will never be as passionate about the business as as you will be as the owner because you get the biggest reward. The difficulty is is trying to find that balance between the fact that they don't get that reward to the fact that they ultimately are a big factor in the survival of the business anyway, because. One of the, the weirdest, um, and this is something that I take into training, and <clears throat> I always recommend to, to people I talk to who ask this question, be honest about the fact that they stand to gain. It's something that my uh, a recent employer of mine has, does very, very well, is they talk about you know the, the benefits to team building and all that sort of thing. But they always start the conversation by saying, look, we appreciate there's a we have a pretty clear vested interest. We're not going to treat you like fools here. There's a very clear vested interest as to why we, as the business owners, want the business to do well. Clearly, we have a you know a very you know real and present reason why that's a good thing for us, and we're not going to make any you know pre pretense that you know we we set this business up because we want to give you all jobs and make you all happy, you know. And they're very honest about that, and I think people appreciate that. You know that you can have more things going on at once and yes the, the you know so as an employer it's important to be honest about the fact that you stand to gain by having a motivated and productive team and that's the reason that you ultimately you know if you want to be very blatant about it that's the, the best reason why you want to make these investments in coaching and why you want to make these investments in in, in your team <clears throat> but also on a human level you do want your employees to be happy because you'd rather they stick around. If they're good at their job, why would you want to lose them? <coughs> Excuse me, I've got a little bit of a cold this morning. You want a good, good employee to stay. The danger is they could go to a better job or their experience will make them credible for posts that open up elsewhere. And there is going to be an element of churn. So another part of coaching, <coughs> excuse me, another part of coaching is preparing employers for dealing with that change that you're never going to have a situation where you pick your team and it's like that for the next 10 years. And my final point on employers uh, in relation to coaching, just simply because the whole books have been written on this, so I can't cover everything in this podcast, obviously. Um, 
but when it comes to your business growing how you deal with, with that growth is going to be an issue as well so if you're someone who has been generally responsible for the for the operation of your business so you for example in a if you go into sort of client meetings you're always the person they speak to as your business grows you're going to have to recruit people you're going to have to look for for traits of of employees where you're going to um have to delegate or at least give over give autonomy to people to to transact the business on your behalf as it grows you will know less about what's going on in the early stages your finger will be on everything you will know exactly what's going on and you'll have done that well because inherently by the business growing to a point where you're able to employ people and pay them and have growth and have a, a client demand that you know has the requirement for a larger team you've done that well and you then have to the change from being the sole sort of exponent of that business to then building a team that does equally well so you become a manager of people and it's one of the, the weird nuances of business that a good salesman or salesperson should I say <clears throat> will be taken away to train the sales team they'll be taken off sales because they are the, the management will want the good salesperson to become a trainer to, to train people like them so you have 10 people doing what they do rather than you know just them doing really well out in the field so <clears throat> you have to diversify your your natural skill set from the effective sole trader into a into a growth business and, and it's sometimes you need training in terms of, of what to look for in when recruiting how to manage people because you won't necessarily be a an effective leader in terms of you know like generally speaking people will pick these skills up but there are certain do's and don'ts aren't there between that you can't just go in and you know Dominic Raab at the moment is having problems in, in government with lots of allegations around uh, that he bullied staff and things like that and whilst he denies those allegations there's a good chance that before he became an MP he wasn't working in an organisation where he might have learned how to deal with these big organisations so you know some people might think right this is what I want to do and, it, and they go in very robustly and actually that in, in the current sensibilities of, of our age now there are there are certain lines that you don't cross where maybe 10 15 years ago the way that you could talk to your team was a little bit different you know when I, even when I first started in an industry 20 years ago <clears throat> people could speak to you or did speak to you in a way that wasn't necessarily acceptable but you could have very abrasive very uh strict managers who wouldn't be necessarily found to have been bullying in the way that they would today even if for example that that behavior was bullying um that was seen as like well you know that's how things are you know this is just their style <clears throat> and what you also have to realize as well apologizing once again for my cold is you have to then understand the techniques of consequence management as well because you can't have a team that can do whatever they want you've got to have you know limits and there's got to be clear procedures for disciplines and, and how that's transacted you know you don't you know i think it's very rare for people to if i said to you for example how do you how do you sack somebody what you don't do is walk in and say you're fired like an alan sugar or donald trump you you speak in a far more civilized way and it's far less overt than 
you know, you see, the language used, for example, would be, you know, regrettably, we're going to we're going to let you go. We've decided that we're going to make a change, and your services no longer required. There's, there's a term of words that's built on respect that you have to learn. So you don't walk in and go, you know what, you've let me down, you let yourself down, you're a piece of shit, you've got to go. That's not the way you do it. So people may do it that way, but there's, you know, we're talking about best practice here, and and there's better ways to do it. So all of those things can be can be trained and may may need to be learned that they're not just necessarily in you you'll have your personality you'll have your default way of approaching things but it's always worth checking via a coach whether or not what your what your default actions do and again the worst case scenario is that you can you know get done for constructive dismissal and have to pay out to somebody because you thought you were allowed to do something and actually, it turned out that you were acting not in a malicious way, but inadvertently because you didn't know better, inappropriately, and against you know what the expectations of today are in terms of employee engagement. So that's important. So I think that's enough on employers just for the purpose of this podcast, only because we have to talk about employees as well. So uh, let's take a short break um, and we can flip over and chat about um, coaching employees and the reasons why that might be interesting for you as well. So hang fire and we'll get right onto that after this very short break. So let's move on to talk about being an employee. Everything I said in the last part about employers, you can almost work out, change your perspective and it applies to employees as well so as an employee you're going to be working for a wage you probably don't get the the best remuneration from the company you might feel that you're um inherently sort of slightly exploited insofar as you know you're kept down you feel you should deserve a promotion or you might not be working in a job that you're passionate about you just have to earn a paycheck and there's loads of people there's no shame in that at all we've all been there before um so your thought process should be about, you know, what do I want my ideal life to look like? And a coach can help you to, you know, get the, the diamonds out the rough in terms of getting those goals, you know, crystallised in your mind. Where do you want to get to? You know, and even in terms of something as fundamental as when, when, why and when do you move on? You know, what's your reasons for wanting to move jobs if that is something that you're looking for? And I recall having a really interesting conversation with a, with a colleague who I'm not going to name. Um, but this particular person was unhappy at having to constantly work for someone else in terms of a specific manager who had a specific style that they felt were, you know, they, they just, they're just kind of just sick of taking orders from this person. And that's a, a reason why a lot of people do move on quite often in jobs because they get, you know, they've just worked under the same person for a long time. And I remember a specific example from someone who had worked for this very, quite affronting gentleman. And it was a client of, of mine. And this person had worked for this guy for 25 years and was just, you know, completely beaten down in terms of this person who wasn't particularly very nice. And I just saw the kind of damage that had been done by this person was sort of inherently subservient just by the virtue of the fact he'd worked for him for many years. And he was almost, you know, almost like a spouse in some ways in terms of how he was talked to and and dominated by this particular person. It was almost like an abusive relationship in some ways, and hence why I'm not going to name them. <laughs> but um, as I said to my colleague I was mentioning before, you know, 
is that a good enough reason to to move on the basis that that reason alone might not be sufficient because you're going to find I'm going to call let's say this person was called Malcolm same as me it's, it wasn't me um, but let's just say I, I said to him you're going to find a Malcolm in every business you're going to find someone who you probably don't want to take orders from and maybe it's that we should be looking at you as a potential business owner have you got the confidence to believe in yourself as a as a potential big boss you know don't constrain yourself and guys I'm talking <laughs> about myself here you know in terms of people get constrained by thinking that they are not worth being the top person you are I remember having a conversation with someone why just where they said oh the the people who own the business are so good and I went well yes they are they are absolutely good but that's not why the that's not they didn't get good because they own the business they own the business because they bought it. They don't own the business because they're brilliant. They just happen to be good as well. So the point is, you can be good before you own something. So, you know, there's that. You don't have to own something to be good and you don't necessarily just get respected because you own something. So there's a... You've got to have the belief that you can do something, that, you know, have that confidence because very easy thing to say. But as an employee, sometimes it's easier to defer to someone else you've got to be quite confident in your own abilities to say you know what <clears throat> my decision matters and that can have problems for you because you can go off and do something autonomously and be sort of dragged back into the decision making process which can be frustrating and it can be sometimes a bit demeaning if someone always wants oversight in terms of decisions they always want a hand in and like I said part of being a good employer is and a good manager is that ability to trust your team and and that means that sometimes your team will do stuff you don't want them to do. I always take an approach when I'm in a team where I'm giving out orders is that as long as the outcome is okay, I'm good. I'm not going to get too worried about doing it my way. I just know what outcome we want. And if that outcome can be achieved, I'm happy to let them do that. You know, it's, it, it, then it's a conversation in terms of making recommendations about what we could have done differently or unless I see something like egregiously wrong, it's just what you would call quote-unquote wrong, <clears throat> I'm happy for people to do it. So the coaching about career progression is a major thing about, about employees because what I used to do, and I've done this in a, in a couple of jobs, thankfully not recently, certainly not in the last, uh, probably the last 15 years I've not done this, but you would self-sabotage a job. <clears throat> I say 15 years, probably 12, um, <laughs> is, is, is you can almost, and I say you, I mean me, I, in, in my example, I self-sabotaged jobs because I didn't really want to be there. So I didn't really try and I wasn't interested. And it's human nature, you know? Um, but I, I probably, looking back, could have worked a lot harder. But I just didn't want to be there. I wanted to get out. I wanted to free. I felt trapped. So as an employee, you've got to understand your own approach, understanding where you are in your career, understanding where you want to get to. All of those things are really relevant in terms of how you progress. So, for example, I know someone who, who I have this conversation with and I don't work with them. They work for some a completely different company in a completely different industry. And they came to me and said, look, you, you do this kind of coachy thing. And I said, yeah, which, you know, I like the way they called it a coachy thing. 
And I said, well, yeah, well, why don't we have a, a chat? I said, you know, I'm not going to charge you. I'll just have it, you know, see how you get it on. And he said, well, I'm in a job. I, I don't particularly like it. And I, I don't really want to stay, but obviously I, I, need, I need to earn the money. And I said, well, firstly, that's nothing to be ashamed of. The vast majority of people in the world work because they have to get paid. That can feel quite cynical, but how many people listening would retire if you suddenly made loads and loads of money at the very least you would stop and work out what you actually want to do so there's an, and some very lucky people would keep doing their job which is i think is amazing um well this person said to me so you know we i said so we've got a starting point where you want to to move on from your current job so <clears throat> we then i said so what does that mean in terms of your job now and we chatted about that they didn't mind it too much they just kind of wanted to leave it uh, they didn't have a particular problem with anybody they just wanted to, to move on so the the key problem with this person the reason why they were depressed was they didn't understand how to leave they didn't know what they wanted to move to and eventually we, we had a couple of meetings and we worked out that this person could save what he said was, was two years salary and it wouldn't take him sort of my phone's gone off. It wouldn't take... Sorry, I thought I lost you. It wouldn't take too long for him to uh, save enough money where he could effectively take a two-year work break and try and set up a business. And I said, well, what's vital at that point then is that A, you've got the money, but B, you've got the skills to then get a new job if you need it down the road. So you can take that, take that shot, so to speak, <clears throat> without any real worry that if it doesn't work you, you're going to be able to find work again and that completely transformed their approach to work he started going into work quite happy because he had a timeline he was making good decisions in his life about saving money with the incentive of the sooner I get to this particular total of savings I could go out and try and do this business he had no fear about the fact the business may not work it was one of these businesses, in my honest opinion, without any experience of it, it was a, it was going to be a push to get it going, but he had this passion. Um, he hasn't left his job yet, but he's he's trying to get to the point where he can. And that means that he's he's there for a reason. He understands where he's headed to. And that's made, completely transformed his, his opinion of himself as an employee. He's now able to tolerate better the machinations of, you know, people's management styles and almost smile through it because he's thinking, you know what, this is your thing. I'm going to head off to do my thing when I can, but I'm going to work for you in the meantime. And I'm grateful for having a job. I'm grateful for you being able to give me a job. And, and that's something as well that we, we, we don't do enough. You know, I always, there's nothing wrong with being very demanding as an employee. There's nothing wrong with thinking I want everything. I want the very best life, the very best job, the most money. <clears throat> but I, I force myself and I think I've mentioned it before, I've forced myself occasionally to go into a bookmaker's, a betting shop. And I usually have like a £1.50 lucky 15, which costs, uh, well, actually it's a 10p lucky 15, which costs £1.50 or I branch out and spend maybe a tenner on two two bets. Watch eight dog races. So I just sit in, this, in the bookies and I just take in the environment. Because I worked in the bookmakers pre-2000 uh, and... Uh, f well, it was around about 2005 I left, mid-2005. So nearly nearly 18 years ago now. But I really didn't like that job. And I had a really hard time. I worked with some people who probably didn't treat me very well. I wasn't the easiest employee in the world. But 
they were they were tall rags if I'm honest. Uh don't think that I would be wanting to ever speak to them again. <clears throat> they didn't treat me very well. It was very clicky, it was just all the bad stuff that you've heard about. And I forced myself to go in the bookies because it reminds me. I mean, this was before the smoking ban, so it's a lot better nowadays. But it just reminds me what I used to dislike about my working life and how it permeated in everything. And that always puts a nice perspective on what I'm doing now. So whilst I might sit there sometimes and think, oh God, you know, I'm really struggling. I wish I was I wish I was a professional podcaster, you know, doing these all the time. And and sometimes it's nice to just have that moment where you say, you know what? I haven't got it bad. I'm grateful for what I've got. I still want more, <laughs> but I'm grateful for what I have. And I think that perspective is, is vital. So, you know, I'm not saying it's not like, a, you know, self-harm yourself by going into a place you don't like. I just go in there. I quite enjoy it in there now. I, I get a different experience altogether of it. It's been a long time and I'm sort of self-therapy through it in terms of reflections and things like that. I didn't actually get therapy. I'm being quite glib there, but... Um, <clears throat> I have sort of worked through my issues. Um, I even went back into the shop, just going off on a tangent here, I even went back into the shop many, many years ago, um, which had all changed uh, and just sort of took in that I'd moved on. Um, like I said, not a good experience, but I go in there and it reminds me just to be grateful and do that as well, because that will keep your, keep your feet on the ground insofar as remembering that You'd never want to make a decision as an employee that makes your situation worse. So when you're leaving a job, you might really want to get out. But if you move to a worse job, it might not necessarily be worse pay. <clears throat> but you've always got to, that uncertainty. You've got to be a little bit careful. So I hope that was useful as a as a sort of overarching discussion about employees and employers in terms of why you might need a coach. Um, I'm working through whether I. I'm able to reach a point where I offer those services at any point and of course we'll we'll keep you informed. It's an area of interest for me, so I'm sure I'll talk about the issues even if I don't start a business to do it. Um like I say, at some point I will do a business and be the be the main the main mal. And uh but thank you for listening. It's a bit of a longer one than usual, but really enjoyed doing it. I'm gonna hopefully get over this cold quickly and then get back to regular podcasting. Um but in the meantime, have a great day. Great week as an employer or employee. You're probably one of the two. Um, if if not, you're, you're probably one of the lucky ones that don't need to bother, which, you know, you can teach me something in that case on how the hell to find that. Um, but yes, have a great week. Thanks for listening. And I'll catch you next time on Let's Take a Moment. Don't forget to subscribe. Bye for now. Bye.